Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. And welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Today, although we're not in person like we were for the last one, we are recording on an entire season of a series. So be proud of us that we've completed something. (laughs) (laughs) And we will be talking about, I think we both watched this so quickly because we were like very ready to watch it because it's one of my favorite shows. But we're going to be talking about season two of Heartstopper. Mm -hmm. If you haven't listened to our recording on season one yet, you should do that. It was from sometime last year, I think, or the year before. I can't remember how many years ago season one came out now. But I I can't either. But, but um, they're definitely already confirmed for a season three, which should be coming out like either at the end of next year or the beginning of 2025 or whatever that brings us to. So they haven't started production yet yet, but Very that's cool. good because I'm already ready for season three. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this season, Jamie? So part of me wishes I would have rewatched the entire first season because I didn't. I just watched their little yeah. like recap. Um. But yeah, I thought it was it was nice. It was it was fun to see the intricacies of you know Nick trying to like come out, figure out how to be open with Charlie around you know school and his friends and his family. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of character growth in this. Um, yeah, we learned more about kind of like what had been kind of the side characters up to this point. So I thought it was good. It was fun to 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 explore those different elements. What about you? Yeah, no, that was one of the things that I really thought, especially as we got further into the season, that there was a lot of character development um, of some of the side characters that were kind of stagnant in season one, like Darcy, for example. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of like always the fun girlfriend to, to Tara, who like it was more uh, focused on her struggle of like accepting the fact that she was a lesbian in season one. And Darcy was kind of just the supportive, you know, funny girlfriend. Um, but we kind of learn about she's got like a lot darker of a backstory in this one, too. So that was that was really nice. And like, of course, you expect them to focus a lot on Charlie and Nick. But I was also very into the Tao and L relationship, <laughs> too. I thought that they did a pretty good job with that. Yes. Um, and I really liked um, Isaac's storyline as yeah. well. That, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah, I, I I like how they try to have like this is a very a show that has a lot of representation, which is great, and yes. including a character who is exploring their asexuality was something that was really cool to see because I feel like you don't really see that too often. Right, and I I think that when we talked about season one, we kind of wondered at the end if that was maybe where the direction they were going to go with Isaac's character, and as it turns out, it was. Yeah. <laughs> We must have already been leaning towards it last season. Yeah. Although I he's think like, he's a cute character. He's just like walks around reading a book all the time, <laughs> but like friends just love him anyways. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say I like that, you know, there are moments here where at first he was very much like his book reading self, but at certain points he's he, you know, takes makes the decision to put it down to go ex- enjoy life a little bit, like live yes. in the moment, especially when he's trying to figure out like does he like James that way? Is he, you know, is he maybe just gay but inexperienced and right. and all this kind of stuff? But I, yeah, he does come back to the books at the end when he finds like 
the display. Yeah. Although, are we to assume that... Because um, James was the one helping him put displays together, right? Before? That's who I thought. Yeah. Okay, so he do do we think he put up the asexual display? Maybe. I mean, it was like not just about asexuality. It had like all different yeah, LGBT like inclusive books, but like the the asexual <laughs> book was right in the middle, like the centerpiece of this. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe James just like because you see them earlier on. I think working on that display a little bit, so maybe he switched out whatever was there for that one or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but I like that, you know, through going to Elle's um, artsy thing, of course, it's all the artsy people who are, like, aware of their yeah. sexuality, <laughs> I guess. And uh, <laughs> and so they're the one who kind of reveals to Isaac that maybe that's what he's going through, too, which is right. kind of nice. I love when Isaac, like, picks that book up at the end and he, like, finally kind of accepts it and hugs it. And the, you get the, like, little animation of the leaves fluttering around the book. That was that was so cute. <laughs> the animations overall were very cute. I forgot that they did those. Yeah. Yes. I, I love the little whimsical animation, animations. And I like that Isaac got some, too, then yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's very cute. It was, yeah. Just, just, and I think they did the animations in season one, too. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, they were just a cute little addition to the whole, like, overall feeling of the show. <laughs> yeah. And it is, I guess, based on some sort of graphic novel or something. So to have yeah, the yeah. drawn elements make sense in a way. Yeah. I actually watched a couple of YouTube videos today that was with the main characters, the the actors who play Charlie and Nick, like, answering questions and stuff. And one of them, they talked about it being based on the graphic novel and how he hadn't read it before he auditioned or something like that. I feel like that's common. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we get that kind of, you know, that's one of the side characters who gets explored a little more, which is fun. Yeah. Um, they introduced this season, um, what's his name? I think Nathan Ajayi and then Yusuf Farouk, the two teachers, who... Yeah. Um, of course, our side characters, but then ultimately get some character development as well, yes. which is very cute. And the, they're meant to be, I guess, at least uh, Mr. Farouk is meant to be like the later, the later in life gay who's yes. come to terms with his sexuality in his his twenties and yeah, and kind of like lamenting that he missed out on all of the cute gay moments that they're like witnessing around them as as the kids are running amok in the hotel just making out in all the corners <laughs> yeah i mean this is probably the best two chaperones to have because they were very much like Seriously? accepting yeah. and willing to look past everyone sneaking out and making out together yeah well and also like darcy getting drunk and peeking <laughs> on their bed they were also like oh that's fine we'll just tell them it was food poisoning <laughs> yeah that's right Maybe a little too accepting. Though. Maybe a little too accepting, but you know, whatever. That's fine. And then they end up sleeping in the same bed afterwards. Yeah, just sleeping, I'm sure. Just sleeping, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was kind of cute. They had some nice moments of like kind of realizing they were attracted to each other and yeah, all that. Getting to experience a little bit of a high school uh, moments you know getting to getting to sleep with somebody in paris you know <laughs> yeah and go to the prom later yeah. which is cute oh that's cute too <laughs> which like i don't know if prom is like i know classically it's very much not a uk thing so i don't know okay. if, i don't know if they're just like popular now in reality because 
of the American tradition that's spread. Because you see that all the time in like high school movies, of course. It's like the big culmination of the school year, supposedly. Um, and uh, so I feel like I've seen it more and more in UK shows now, but I don't think it's usually a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I know this is a show that's like all based in the UK because one of the videos mentioned that probably the writer's strike won't affect production because it's all based there. So maybe um, it has just permeated into society so much there that that they just do prom now. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a regular old prom, no fancy not a fancy dress party where they would be wearing costumes. And it wasn't really even heavily themed, which I prefer for proms to yeah. not have like really bizarre themes. I also really liked the prom where like after they're there for a little bit and they try to they they realize that they're kind of there so that everybody else can like see them together and they're like we're not we're not I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just leave and have fun with our friends. <laughs> Yeah. Don't owe them being like a spectacle, you know? It was very cute, yeah, to have a little special prom together. Yeah. After they finally find Darcy. That's uh, like the very last episode, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, we're jumping all over. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're we not can... going in kind of order. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can talk about Darcy and, um, and Tara because that's really like the main yeah. development of their relationship is Darcy's struggles. Yeah. Well, yeah, so and it starts with like Tara accidentally tells Darcy that she loves her. And then like there's a few seconds of like awkward silence. And then Tara kind of like takes it back and is like, oh, but, you know, just in like a friend way kind of thing. (laughs) And and then she kind of spends the rest of the season trying to understand why Darcy doesn't want to like open up to her and tell her that she loves her back kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we ultimately find out why because her home life is terrible yeah and her mom's a homophobe essentially yes and but doesn't seem to like under know that her daughter is gay at all like she, her you know darcy certainly hasn't come out to her but i don't think that we're supposed to think that she suspects it at all either well no because like, yeah she, in her when she's wearing her suit that she's so excited about her pantsuit her mom right. says she looks like a lesbian and right. it's like okay yeah um, and Sora kind of gets to see like a brief glimpse into that when she goes looking for her. Yeah. And I feel like that does touch on like a, a truth of like childhood or like young adulthood when, you know, you would have friends that would maybe come visit you often or you'd see out and about doing things with other people. But then like you kind of just knew that like you never went to their house for whatever right. reason. Yeah. And typically that reason is because their parents are fucking crazy. Yeah, um, like they have a really shitty home life. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I guess in a way it was um, a positive to have that representation if anyone's watching yeah. it of that age and can realize that they're not alone in that. Right, yeah. And it's like you kind of know she's going to have to go back to that home yeah. life too. It's not as though her mother is like actually physically abusing her and CPS is going to come and take her away anything. She's just an asshole. And she doesn't, Darcy doesn't have anywhere else to go really. She can sleep for a night or two in the park apparently, but you know, she, she's going to have to go back to that house and and live there with that woman until she graduates high school. And that just sucks. Yeah, it does. But she ultimately is able to kind of tell Tara that she does love her at the end over and over and over again. Like once she, once Tara knows, you know, like this other side of her life, she feels like she can finally tell her how she feels. Yeah. And I like how it's like at a time when she's drinking again, but she's like, I'm not saying this just because I'm, you know, 
and drunk right. or whatever. I know it seems like I'm just saying this because I'm drunk, and I am drunk, but that's not why I'm saying. <laughs> and I like too that the um the group because that's like when they've gone back to Nick's or Charlie's, Nick, someone's. Nick's, I think, yeah. Yeah, back. Oh, that's right, because they're looking at his cute little pictures. Um, yeah. When they went go back to Nick's, and like everyone sort of just left the living room to them for a bit and then when they see I guess through the glass that they're kind of like hugging or whatever they yeah. come in to be like okay you guys have like worked it um, out <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're such it's such a good friend group it is <laughs> and I, I love too that like they have made a point of like drawing Imogen into their friend group yeah which is nice oh. because we also get some development from poor Imogen who of course last season was briefly dating Charlie. Or, I mean, not Charlie. Right. Um, Nick. Nick. Almost dating him, yeah. She, yeah. like, they were going to go on a date, but then he ultimately told her that he couldn't go kind of thing. Yeah. But they had been friends for, like, a lot of years before that, so they both kind of wanted to preserve that friendship afterwards, and they, they do a good job of that in this season. Yeah, and so she's become sort of the person who's <sighs> falling for people she shouldn't because she wants she craves that sort of relationship that she sees people around her having so she she wants to be you know with someone regardless of whether or not it's potentially good for her which is how she ends up with ben who's like our our kind of villain for most of yeah yeah i would say so him and like some of the guys from the rugby team who are dicks (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and so that, of course, doesn't work out because Ben still is kind of like in love with Charlie or obsessed with Charlie. We're yep. not sure what the state of that is. Yeah, because you would get this moment like at the end. And I definitely think that he started dating Imogen just to like piss Nick off. Oh, yeah. Because he knows that Nick is friends with her. Um, and he's like mad at Nick because he thinks that Nick stole Charlie from him. And like, that's definitely not what happened. No. Um, but we do kind of have that conversation at the end where like Ben, you know, tries to sort of apologize for everything he did, but then where Charlie really stands up to him and kind of puts him in his place. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's like maybe some hope that Ben will change and become like a better human being someday, but that hasn't happened yet, in right. my opinion. No, and I, I do like that that kind of refocused the conversation on consent because, like, the main yeah. thing is, like, you know, Ben is, like, you know, remember when we first kissed, how special it was? And he's, like, you know, Charlie's just, like, yeah, you didn't ask me and then forced me to do all this stuff. So fuck right. you. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. So, yeah. It was, yeah, it was good for... A, a, it was a nice moment for Charlie to get back some of his control, which is his main sort of theme this season yeah and i i did like after ben sort of like comes out and says all of this and how he you know kind of realizes that there are things he needs to work on you see that brief moment where like you see the possibility that he the path that he could go down with like the art room sort of like extending this rainbow path to him to like start being open and accepting and like all of that stuff and he just walks away from it yeah yeah. which is sad and you know not that we need to have like a redemption arc for ben but i feel like if season three centers around the same cast i feel like there may be eventually some sort of something that happens 
Maybe it, he does tell Charlie like at the end that he's leaving to like go to a different school or something, so he won't That's probably true. ever see him again. Um, and that is what Charlie makes clear that he wants to never have to see him again. So I don't know if they'll bring Ben back or not, but maybe. Yeah. It'd be nice to see like a redemption arc, but. Yeah, but then again, I mean, not everyone deserves one, so. That's true, too. yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But uh, we do see a little bit of a redemption with like, as you're saying, the rugby guys are the other ones that were sort of being assholes. And some of them want redemption just because they want in on like the party and they want to be like not excluded despite being sort of homophobic and terrible like um harry or whatever his name is whereas like the three other guys who are kind of friends with um nick end up coming around towards like the end and saying that they feel bad about being assholes and stuff but i don't feel like they've really done much to prove that so we'll see (laughs) right yeah i feel like those they were like the three guys that at the beginning of season one that was his friends group before he started hanging out with Charlie more. So I think they were probably like his longer term friends yeah. that he was outside of rugby kind of thing. Um, so maybe like, you know, and I don't think that they were the ones really bullying him. They were just kind of standing in the background going along with it so mm-hmm. much too. So perhaps they will, um, you know, not be assholes in season three. Maybe there's hope, I guess. Friend group back. Yeah, because, I mean, the entire time, like, Nick isn't... His friend group is pretty much just Charlie's friend group. Like, right. <laughs> throughout yeah. the season. Which is oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, you know, they kind of have a shared friend group. Then. Yeah, because then we we get nice moments between, like, him and Tao, who kind of, like... Tao was kind of, you know, thought Nick was his mortal enemy for a while there. So to see them sort of become closer is, was a nice yeah. development. Yeah, I liked I liked the conversation that Nick has with Tao about like his concern about the weight that Charlie still carries around with him from like all the bullying in the past and from his relationship with Ben and all that and and him and Tao kind of really bonding over their shared like, you know, love and concern for Charlie. Yeah, and that that's also when we learn that like not even Tao has heard anything about the extent of the bullying. Like he right. you know, Charlie just wouldn't talk about it. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, that brings us into our, you know, Charlie's main arc this season. Charlie, yeah. Which is around control and I guess control slash wanting to like make everything perfect for Nick in every single way. Right. And, And also like possibly struggling with the beginnings of an eating disorder. Yes. Because of his like desire to be able to control something in his life, and he feels like he can control what he eats and what he doesn't eat, and he chooses not to eat when he's stressed. Yeah, which like which, you know that's yeah. a a real thing. A lot of I think people in general, but especially people that age, go through to try to maintain some semblance of control over things that may feel like they're spiraling out of control. Right. And, and I'm sure that's probably a common kind of progression into like having an actual full on eating disorder is, is starting with like this desire to control your food consumption. So, yeah. And, and I think that Nick kind of understands that because you see him at one point, like Googling eating disorders on his phone and starting to wonder like, if this is going to, this, this is a real problem kind of thing. Yeah. So I, 
imagine that will extend into the next season as well to see how that goes. And it makes me want to like look back at season one because I don't are there hints of that in season one that I just didn't notice? I don't. I mean, I, if there were, neither one of us noticed them. <laughs> yeah. um, they don't even, like, really bring it up much before he, like, faints in Paris. Like, you don't really see him not eating, like, at the beginning of this, this season much either. So kind of, I think, like, Nick's attention doesn't really start, he doesn't really start paying attention to it until after Charlie faints, you know, from not yeah. eating. Yeah, that's when he realizes it's actually serious. Right, yeah, that he's not just, like, not a breakfast person kind of thing, you know, like, he's just not eating kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, they do eventually, you know, Nick is kind of like, when things are getting so bad that you feel like you need to do this, or, like, it's getting to you, like, that's when we should be talking and, like, communicating so that hopefully it'll reduce his need to control things that way. Right. And I kind of think, like, maybe we're supposed to think that, because he does tell Nick that he had done this in the past when he was being bullied really regularly, that, like, he had been very controlling of the amount of food that he ate then. And probably we're supposed to think that it's coming back because he's so concerned about Nick's coming out going well. Like, he doesn't want Nick to experience the kind of bullying and trauma that he went through. So he's like just so focused and stressed on making sure that he is comfortable in every possible way with coming out, but like, which is great, but like, it's to the point that it's actually harming Charlie. (laughs) Like he's hurting himself, bending over backwards and trying to make everything perfect, but like nothing is ever going to be perfect. Right. That's the thing. And it's like the most, I think the best thing that he can do in that situation is just to be there to comfort Nick. If there is fallout, but like right. you can't control other what other people do, right? Because you know? there's always going to be an asshole, you know. <laughs> like you're always going to have that family member or that friend who's going to be a dick about it when you come out. It's and you can't you can't control that out <laughs> of existence, you know. And we kind of see that with um, Nick's brother in this up and and kind of to some extent his dad. His dad's not really like a homophobic asshole. He's just an overall kind of asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just absent, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, an absentee kind of dad situation. Yeah, yeah. David, the Nick's brother, is just a whole, like, I don't know. It seems in a way that it's, like, a jealousy thing. So, like, he tries to, like, make himself look better in the eyes of his dad because he's straight, I guess. But right. at the end, I like that the dad just says, like, you're not the man that I hoped you would be or something. Right. Like, I'm not proud of you either. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, it's, it becomes kind of clear that, like, yeah, Stefan, his dad, is not really, like, against it. It's just that he just knows so little about anything going on in Nick's life that, like, he just keeps spouting the same old, like, rhetoric of, like, well, I, when I was a guy, or a guy, when I was a boy, I played rugby and it drew, it drew all the women in. So, like, do you have any girls at? And, like, you know, he's just trying to be that typical, like, dad yeah, and, like, he knows Nick likes rugby, so, like, everything in his conversations come back to rugby. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems that with Steph, or with uh, David, it just comes back to to soccer or to football. Well, that, yeah, So it's, like, that seems to be, like, the thing he knows that his boys are into, so then he's kind of revol- revolves their relationship around just that. Right. But like it's... He, yeah. yeah. But the fact that, like, yeah. 
they haven't even met the the new I don't know if it's their stepmom or the girlfriend I don't know but I think that he's supposed to be married because they kind of like made a point of showing that he was wearing a wedding ring at one point so I think that he's yeah he's married to this woman that they've never his kids have never met yeah so it's kind of like he ran away and just made a new family with somebody else kind of situation yeah I don't know if there's like step siblings involved or not they don't I don't think they mentioned one way or the other no, they didn't. But maybe, maybe they'll explore that in season three if if uh, mm-hmm. Stefan actually becomes involved. But I suspect not. Yeah, I don't see him coming back much into the picture. No, we may f- hear a one-off about him like talking to his dad every other week or something. If they do increase yeah. the communication, but yeah, but they're not going to be in Paris, so. There's no, <laughs> they don't have right. to shoehorn that's the like, data. <laughs> that seems to be like the only reason that he got to see his father at all that year was because his school trip was like to the city his dad was living in. <laughs> like they went to Paris kind of thing. And he has to definitely run away from all the chaperones at the Louvre to go and see him. So that probably wasn't a super smart idea. But... Right. For two seconds. Yeah, for their two second meeting. They didn't even get their coffee before his dad up and left. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, the entire dinner between like Charlie's family and Nick's family is just what an interesting mess. (laughs) I don't know why they are making Charlie's parents seem so like strict and rigid in this season. I don't feel like they were that way at all in the last season. You know, they're totally, like, fine with him being gay, but they seem to be huge hard-asses about his grades. <laughs> and, well, like, banning him from seeing his boyfriend until he gets his work done. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, you know... So, the the tough thing about that is that banning... That Nick is direction. <laughs> yeah, like, banning him from Nick is only going to make him kind of spiral more. So it's like, if you're worried about your kids' grades, like, there are things that you can do, like, you know, be with them while they're studying or tell them that they need to limit the time so that, you know, they need to be home at X time so that they can be studying for their, you know, their exams or finishing their, you know, history paper or whatever. But yeah, outright banning someone from seeing their, like, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend is not really the solution to, like, making your kid focus more. And they didn't, like, ban and take the phones away. So, like, during that time, right. instead, they were just messaging each other constantly. Yeah, they were just laying in bed messaging each other on Instagram constantly. So, like, if you had just made gave him a curfew and then took his phone away when he got home so he had to sit in his room and do schoolwork, he probably would have finished that history paper. Yeah. well, <laughs> Before and, the, the class, before it was due. Yeah. And, and we also see him kind of like going over the top to the point of like hurting himself with that too because he's just spending his every free moment he has with with nick he's just like helping him study whereas like anytime nick's like well maybe we should work on your thing he's like no no it's fine i finished that despite the fact that he had not right even started it (laughs) (laughs) yeah which somehow he finishes it in like an hour it's like me before um stehoviak's classes I wrote that down in my notes that <laughs> was able to do uh, write an essay the the class before like someone else I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I guess it's you know it's not unreal, unrealistic, right. but not impossible, but not recommended. <laughs> no, definitely not. 
That's probably why you did so good on the timed exam, though. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. but yeah, so we get he does finish it. the essay and it's presumably he passes it because we don't get any follow up that like he's failing everything. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yeah, so that's um, kind of Charlie's arc there. And then like a lot of opportunities of her makeout scenes throughout. Oh, <laughs> my show. God. Like half the show is just them making out somewhere. <laughs> yes. Only and only making out besides the hickey. Yeah, so we didn't talk about the hickey. Yeah. <laughs> or he accidentally gives him the hickey because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I know. I like that his reaction is like, I don't, I don't even know how to do that. It's like, well, I don't. I guess just some sucking on the neck does it. Right. Oh, that was cute. But and it kind of like, of course, Charlie's self conscious that it happens because they're on the school trip in Paris and everybody wants to know who did it. But it also gives um, Nick the opportunity to kind of come out to a group of. They're close-ish friends, you know, people that it was like a safe environment to do it in and tell everybody that, you know, he was the one who gave Charlie the hickey. Yeah. So that was cute. That was cute. That was a cute scene. Yeah. Even though hickeys are silly. True. (laughs) (laughs) So that just leaves Tao and Elle. My favorite couple. and this was we were kind of left at the end of season one with like will they won't they kind of thing and they are in a situation where like they might kiss and then they don't at the end of season one but ultimately you know they they kind of explore the fact that they are developing feelings for each other in this season and it's it's cute (laughs) it is yeah we have yeah Tao who is very unaware about how to like express his emotions in that way yeah which is and like Elle like trying to flirt with him at the beginning is yeah. adorable. <laughs> yeah, they're both kind of equally bad at it, and um... because they're like, well, they're like best friends, you know, so like they're very comfortable around each other. But when they both start trying to think like romantically, like how would I approach them? They both get so awkward and silly. <laughs> they do, and it's that sort of thing where it's like obviously they developed an interest for each other as they are. So then trying right. to step out and be something they're not is going to throw a wrench in the plans, you know? Right. And that's like, of course, that's the mistake that Tao makes is that he Googles, like, I guess, how to be the dream boyfriend or something. And so he thinks he needs to, like, cut his hair and change how he dresses and, like, do this big romantic, like, gesture to ask her out on a date. But, like, that's not how at all. Like, it's not how he would normally react. So she's, like, all thrown. And then the date ends up being really awkward. But they do ultimately reconnect in Paris. Yeah. (laughs) They do. They make out in a museum. They do. And then they make out a lot of times after that. (laughs) Lots of making out in this season. (laughs) This show is literally just, like, half making out. It really is. Between all the different couples. But but then we also have for them the fact that she, that Elle is, oh, we kind of can assume right from the beginning that she's going to get accepted to this art school. And of course, she ultimately does. So, and that happens like right after her and Tao kiss for the first time. So she's like concerned about telling him, but he kind of already knows that she's going to get in and that she's going to want to go. So he's ultimately like very understanding, you know, that, that she, of course, wants to go to this amazing art school. Yeah. And I guess we'll be seeing them exploring, like, a sort of long-distance aspect of this relationship, although it can't be too long because everybody seemed, like, was able to go to her art exhibit without any trouble. <laughs> I <laughs> so know. It'd I'm be like, very 
<laughs> I'm like, what is long distance? Is this like an hour bus ride or or what? <laughs> And like she can't like I don't imagine her family is moving for her to go to this, you know, high school. So I'm sure that wherever it is is the family's not like uprooting and moving. It's just that she's going to a different school that's a little further away. I don't know, maybe she'll dorm there. I don't know, but I didn't get that impression. <laughs> yeah. But we did yeah. So be in the show a lot next season as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so seeing Tao develop in that way where he becomes more secure in in, yeah. in his relationships in general is a good good step for him. Yeah, it was. And he kind of, when he's talking with Nick um, about, about Charlie and being concerned about him, he mentions that his father dying had like left him with a lot of like insecurities of the people he loves leaving him. And that's why he's so concerned about like Ellen and him drifting apart is because he doesn't know that he could, deal with you know losing somebody else that was as close to him as his father was yeah so that was a good open up moment for Tao. it was and i love too that like his mom is so excited that he and <laughs> l are together like she was their, know, their biggest like fan family members that have clearly <laughs> been following the saga and she's got to call them all immediately and tell them the <laughs> which is adorable i love it it is because yeah yeah i guess like the last real person we should mention is uh tori charlie's yeah. sister who's He's just like always creepily sitting in the back <laughs> and she's so supportive like she's threatening everyone she threatens nick she threatens david i loved that yes me too i was like oh. Because he's trying to like play it off on the phone to his friends. I don't know that don't, he's yeah. that something else happened, and she's just like, "Fuck off, you asshole!" <laughs> she's like in the tent at that party in the woods. She's just like everywhere that Charlie goes, like in the background, watching him, keeping an eye on him. Yeah, I feel like yeah, if, yeah I feel like if anyone like Nick could definitely have talked to. Tori about the issue because I'm sure that Tori's aware that Charlie is having these like eating disorder issues. Right. She's probably there measuring the amount of food that he eats every day. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Nick and Tori need to have a heart to heart next. Yeah. Because they haven't really done that. You know, they need to they need to connect. <laughs> they do. They do. Next season. I'm having a flashback of Tori giving Charlie food in season one, and I don't know if that's a real memory or if I'm making that up. Maybe she did I know. I feel like I also like had intentions of rewatching the first season, but did not do it. And now I wish that I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch a couple like other longer recaps on YouTube that were like ten minutes long, so okay. my I think I probably remember more things for that reason, but. <laughs> I'm sure it's just as good as season two. Yeah. But, um, we're kind of left at the end of season two then with a like, will will he, won't he moment where Charlie, like before he's leaving Nick's house, Nick almost tells Charlie that he's in love with him, but then his mom gets home and kind of kills the mood. And so we're left with like this, will Charlie send a text message that says, I love you to Nick or not? And, you know, we don't know if he pressed the send button. But I mean, like, don't just go back and tell him in person. You're like still standing at the end of his driveway. <laughs> like, I know. Why would you text that to him? <laughs> just knock on the door real quick. Like, oh yeah, let me let me just tell you one last thing here. 
instead of sending it, like saying it for the first time over text message just seems maybe, maybe that's what Gen Z likes to do though. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm an old millennial. <laughs> I'm old school. We say I love you in person, damn it. Right. That does remind me that the other sort of like loose end here is that Imogen is now pining after Zahar, who is this bisexual girl in their friend group. That's true. Yeah. And so I'm I like, forgot. I don't know if that's going to end up being an actual thing or if that's just Imogen once again, like latching on to the next person who showed her any sort of like slight interest. In- yeah. I don't know. And it's, it's not really courage, like clear if she was admiring her just like platonically as like a, a friend. Cause she was playing like an instrument on stage and she's just kind of like cheering for her. So it's not it's not clear yet where yeah. they're going with yeah. Imogen's character. Maybe everybody will just be LGBT. <laughs> there will be no straight people left in the show by the time they're done. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty much everybody's storyline wound have, up nicely. Do you have any quotes you'd like to share? I do have more quotes than what I'm probably going to share. <laughs> Um, so yeah so I'll just read them in order that they have appeared in the show the first one was by Darcy um, talking about how (laughs) maybe being weird is just how he expresses his romantic feelings I can relate to that (laughs) it turns out being true yeah (laughs) Um, I have a a quote also about Tao Mm. Tao's mom says something like same old Tao isn't so bad uh, but you're afraid of losing her uh, if you're afraid of losing her, you have to fight to stay by her side. Yes, I like that. I love it. everything the mom tells Tao is like such great advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Nick, when Nick and um, Charlie get caught kissing by the rugby coach, um, when Nick gets pulled into her office afterwards, he, Nick says, "You know, none of the guys know about me yet." And then the coach says, "Well, you don't owe them that information, okay?" I just thought that was really good advice. Yeah, yeah. That was a really cute moment with the coach. And I like later yeah. that the coach also encouraged the one teacher to yeah. reach out to the other, you know? She's just running around being matchmaker for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Imogen at one point said, um, I think being honest is better than living with regret. Yes. was nice. Yeah. Ironic, because I think at that point she wasn't being honest with herself. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I also wrote that one down. That was a good quote. Um, Charlie at one point says, I think there is this idea that when you're not straight, you have to tell all of your friends and family immediately, like you owe it to them, but you don't. Kind yeah. of the, the same theme as the coach's quote. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the mom later, too, says something like that. Uh, Nick's yeah. mom you know, says that he doesn't have to tell his dad because he doesn't owe it to right. him. That you don't owe it to him, yeah. That must have been the theme when they were writing. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, at one point, um, I think Charlie's saying a lot of nice things about Tao, and Tao says, are you guilt-tripping me into being nice about myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. This is Nick when he's um, talking to Tao. He says, you care about your friends so loudly without worrying what anyone else might think. And that's, well, that's just really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is, I, th- I, th- I can't remember exactly, but I think this is Nick who says this, says something like, you don't, to Tao, I think, you don't have to completely understand your feelings, you can just feel, and then I yeah. think that's when he runs after Elle. 
Yeah, I actually I do have that quote okay. um, down. It's um, you don't have to understand your feelings completely to know you like something. You don't always have to have everything figured out. You can just feel. Nice. Yeah. Let's see. I have one more. Okay, you go. For it. Go ahead. Okay, so it's the a little conversation exchange between the two chaperones, um, Nathan and Yusuf. Nathan said, or Yusuf says, "I need a drink." an alcoholic drink. <laughs> Nathan says, we probably shouldn't drink. And then Yusuf says, I need a croissant then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I also, my last quote is also between them. Um, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but Yusuf says, uh, after they see, I think, you know, Charlie and uh, Nick, not so discreetly making out in the corner. Um, he says, uh, probably a bit late for me uh, to have any youthful moments of discovery. And uh, Nathan says, don't think there's an age limit on those, to be honest. Yeah. And then they have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on a, the bed next to them, it's all covered in puke, but you know. Yeah, nice aromas is there. Adding to the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it seem like a high school party that way, you know. It, it does, that's true. But yeah. But yeah, definitely, so definitely recommend the show. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, if you if you want to let us know what you thought about it, feel free to reach out to us. I would say on Twitter, but it's transformed into X now, I guess. <laughs> on X. Uh, at NNO Podcast. <laughs> I mean, are they just trying to make it seem sexual somehow by just making it a giant X? Well, apparently it was banned in China because of, like, restrictions on you know, XXX thing. So like X is now banned. Oh, Chris. That's so stupid. Well, if, you if you don't want to reach out to us on X, you can also send us an email to navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and um, if you have any suggestions or thoughts on what you might want us to watch in the future, feel free to send them and we'll add them to our growing list. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe someday we'll get back onto a more regular schedule of recording and uploading, but don't hold your breath. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thanks everyone again. And until next time. Bye. Bye.